The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. Our number two, 713-780. ESPN's your number, 713-780-3776. Or you can get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz, click like, you're good to go. There's Twitter at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R. At AJ is the real. At Aaron is Blitz. At Degenerates975. You can text the show. You know the number for that. And you can also watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. If you missed the first hour, little Will Fuller, PED suspension, little Texans talk, little, little Billy Fuller, little uh, Broncos talk, and the NFL being hypocritical, shocker, and um, very briefly, female kicker talk about how this is not a big deal because it's it already happened. It's a huge deal. Um, no, it's not huge. Huge. Um, so... Before we get to the other games, I, I just want to mention something. The only positive to the the trip I took this weekend, I was coming back through Livingston, and there's a, a Valero there that had the Skittles bang. Damn, did so, you stockpile? I, I, there were only four left, and I oh, snagged them all. Good call. So, <laughs> so that was the only positive of that whole trip. Let's. Uh, I think they have some of my HEB. Oh, really? Did yeah. you have? I already went through my whole case. Mm. I, bu- I ordered one case. Yeah. Uh, I ordered one case of the purple Kittles and one case of strawberry. Now, part of me, it, it's it's partly my fault because there's a bunch of people who are like, I want to try that Skittles bang. Let me get a Skittles bang. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, okay, okay. And then I let everybody try it. And now I, I got like probably five cans out of the out of the case but every, you know. that's how it always works but, you're always going to share yeah that's, i mean you, you, you got to share it's like when that your, falcon nine people. i kept telling people oh yeah sure here here you go here you go and then i look up i got three left but it is the best flavor of of bang and i don't yeah. think it's really close yeah but if you're in livingston i'm never going to be in livingston i know you won't be but for listeners who who want to try it there's a valero there and all i know is that the woman behind the counter is really mean Ooh, because yeah. you took all her purple kittle. No, she was just mean to everybody. I think that was. I think that's her shtick. But uh, was it like that place uh, in the what's that? Uh, Dick's last yeah, resort. Yeah, Dick's last resort. Like the what's it? It's in the uh, the Riverwalk. No, I'm thinking of the one in Vegas. Yeah, uh, in the the uh, the cat the Excalibur. Yeah, <laughs> that's where Fred got his wallet jacked. He like he, you know, by the staff. Uh, no, I don't think it was no, by the staff. The staff. Say, that takes me to a whole new level. No, I think uh, Fred Fred made friends with some people. Like, Fred's very friendly when he's drunk. And these friends, I think, jacked his wallet. And then he was like, all right, I'm off to the airport. And then he got to the airport. No wallet, no ID. I, 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 what'd you use to get on the plane? An NFL credential? Uh, my Rockets credential. Rockets credential? Because I mean, they needed a photo ID. Unbelievable. They let you <laughs> on the plane. Uh, yeah, I know. Especially when they saw that last name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't know how I got on there. And I was the last one on the plane, too, because they, the, they had to search me and all that stuff. But, oh, well. Cavity search. Well, yeah, it was fun. I mean. Like, to, to the elbow cavity yeah, search. It was horrible. Really nice fingers. I'll just say that. Uh, anyway, let's get to the uh, NFL games. And the other Thanksgiving Day game, your beloved football team 
Wax the Cowboys Ooh, 41 to 16. Boy, football team was no nonsense. And they, they found a running game, and the Cowboys had no answer for it. I I think that, that honestly, if I were like to say there's one team I'm pretty sure isn't going to be the NFC East champion, it's the Cowboys. Yeah, I think so. They may be the worst team in that division. They, now. Which, I mean, who would have thought? But it's it's starting to look that way. They, they, they look like they're the worst team. The Falcons crushed the Raiders. I didn't see. I totally Stevie wondered this because I didn't see it coming. But. No, we actually, I mean, we talked about this game. And we said, boy, it's just really hard to trust the uh, the Falcons right now. And you want this is a spot to bet the Falcons, but it's not comfortable. And sure enough, it, it was a good spot to bet the Falcons. And sometimes you got to remember that being uncomfortable, sometimes that's that's what you got to do to yeah, win. Yeah, and... and- but I don't think anybody saw it happening like this. And no. if I and I said all along, if I bet that game, I was going to take the over, and the over wouldn't have hit. And if you told me the over wasn't going to hit because the Raiders weren't going to get theirs, yeah, I would have been really, really confused. Uh, Bills beat the Chargers twenty-seven seventeen. Can we get re- Chargers are the worst coach team? I, 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 Anthony Lynn has to go right. Like, he's got to. That and you can say, well, Adam Gase sucks too. And Adam Gase is a really terrible coach, but. Anthony Lynn is like Bill O'Brien. He's a terrible coach. There's enough talent that your team shouldn't be this bad. Yeah, I'm not saying the Texans should be, you know, the Texans don't have all the, the talent in the world. They shouldn't be a, like a Super Bowl contender. Neither should the Chargers. But both these but they, teams should be 500 teams. They should be basically. at least in the mix. Yeah. Like when it shows the playoff, especially in a year where there's seven teams making the playoffs and it shows in the hunt. Right. If you're not on that list, you're, you're, you're awful. The Texans... The, the, the Chargers, especially Chargers, hat. That's an appealing job too. That's going to be a really nice job for someone where they're like, "Oh, we've got uh, Bosa. It was, you know, he looks like a beast. We've got a, a young uh, Justin Herbert's on the first year of his rookie deal. Yeah, like you, you've got some really nice uh, pieces. Uh, out and, there. and Austin Eckler's a nice player yeah. when he's healthy. And and yeah, they they just. He he finds ways to lose games, and what they did at the end there was just embarrassing. Now, in our contest, I had Bills minus five and a half. That was the one game I was worried about, so I was happy. Until you, you throw the hail mary to get down inside the ten, and as the clock's tick tick ticking away, you're like, you know what? Run the ball. Let's run the football yeah. here. What? I mean, it's just awful. It, it's, it's, it's it really is. It, it's criminal, and that guy needs to be fired. Giants beat the Bengals nineteen to seventeen. Daniel Jones got hurt in that game, and there's a Colt McCoy sighting. Yeah, um, I, I think the Giants are the best team in the division now. If Daniel Jones is hurt, you know, more than a week or two, I, I, I might change my mind. There's worse backups than Colt McCoy, and there are. And I, frankly, when when you look at the rest of the division, I, I guess Alex Smith's probably the best quarterback now. I don't because Carson Wentz is not. And Andy Dalton probably isn't. I mean, Carson Wentz leads the league in interceptions. Yeah, well, but yeah. It, so that's is that's, that that's not a positive. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know who the best quarterback is. I, I mean, obviously, if everybody's healthy, it's Dak. But as it stands now, it, it's tough. I I I would take Dan, Daniel Jones, but I don't know. I, I, it, n- there's nobody good there. That's the that's the whole point. Um. Titans, Colts, Titans just housed them here. I know it was close early, 
This is but, my this is the the game I wish I would have bet because all week no, we long, talked was, about it all week too. I that know. we both are. Ah, I like Titans. I like the Titans. Yeah, that's a and foolish mistake. I used him in the super contest, but I didn't I didn't bet him, dude. Derrick Henry, oh, he's got to break at some point, right? He's he's had twenty carries in in a ridiculous amount of games. At some point, that catches up to you. But he's so durable, and if if the Titans are playing for anything when they play the Texans. It's going to be more of that. I, I mean, he's just yeah. It, it and it's not just and the it's, Texans, no. it's not just the Colts. It, like the Colts aren't a bad defense because of this. No, it's like the Colts are a really good defense. They, they just happened to they got punked out. They couldn't match up with Henry or, or Brown for that matter. And honestly, like in cold weather time, I'm still not betting anyone to beat the Chiefs. But the Titans are not a team you want to see no. come December if you're outdoors. Some like that's not good for you. No, because that that. They don't turn the ball over. They play enough defense. Some they're starting to get better on defense as they're getting some healthy bodies back. But that that offense will play in any weather, and in fact, it's what it's do, better. It's what, better in bad weather. What dome team is even going to make it in the AFC? Just the Colts, right? Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah. Um, Vikings come back and beat the Panthers twenty eight twenty seven. They were dead in the water. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty tough beat. And uh they come back and get another win and, and they're still they're in the they're in the also in the hunt conversation right the now. O- the only thing that kept I was gonna bet the Vikings this week. The, the Vikings were on my list and then it was like Adam Thielen out with COVID. Yeah. Uh Irv Smith out with, I mean all these guys out with COVID. I'm like, oh well, guess I'm staying away on that one. And glad I did because I would have been giving three points and right. it didn't didn't work out. But uh yeah, if you're 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 without several key guys because of COVID and you you're down like that, you still come back and win. Yeah. That's that's impressive. The, the, the Vikings are that's another team because they can run the ball. It's not a team you want to see in the playoffs. Like I would, I'd guess every NFC team wouldn't be sad if Dalvin Cook didn't show up in the playoffs, right? But that's that's a team to keep an eye on. I still think they could sneak in and they'll be I a do tough too. out. Uh, Patriots beat the Cardinals. That was a game that we both liked. That was one that I used in our in the contest. And uh, another game I liked. Another yeah. game I was scared to bet. Yeah, it's and I, I just think the the Cardinals are one of those teams that in a couple of weeks we won't be talking about them as being on the fringe of the playoffs. Well, I tweeted it out yesterday, and there's and I'll I'll, I'll give you one guess at who the team that most people replied as. Well, there's two that I got a lot of. I said I think the Cardinals are the worst team that people think is actually good. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Who do you, who do you think? Browns would be the other one. Browns is one I got a lot. The other one I got I was a little surprised at. The Bucks. Hmm. And I'm like, Dude, the Bucks just yeah. covered against the consensus best team in the world. Like Fluke they lost covered. by 3. Hmm. Uh I I, do, I don't Do you have to keep bringing that? I don't think the Bucks are great. <laughs> But the Bucks aren't a bad football team. There's no way. Yeah, I, I had about ten minutes of happiness this weekend because the other game that I had in the contest was Dolphins Jets. So I started with with the Texans and the Patriots. I had uh, Dolphins Jets and uh, Bills. So then it's seventeen to three right off the bat with the Chiefs, and I'm like, ah, yes, yep. finally going to win this damn thing. This is the third time this year I've gone four zero and lost in the fifth one. And uh, nope. Then I, but I told Eric, it's like they're they're going to find some way to get a backdoor cover here, and I'm going to get screwed. And they did. But uh, Dolphins beat the Jets twenty to three. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick solid, but Jets are just awful. Um, Browns over the Jaguars, and boy, the Jaguars gave them 
fits in this game. They did, and I, I'm again, I'm not a coach. If you're up eight points with like two minutes left, kick the field goal. You kick a field goal, fourth and one. I don't care. And Baker Mayfield just a garbage throw. Like why you're throwing on fourth and one there anyway? Like, that's such a Green Bay Packers move. Like how about some physicality would be nice. Nick yeah. Chubb had had a really good day. Just keep handing him the ball, do yeah. something. But really, the answer there is don't do any of that. Just kick the field goal and go up two possessions. I wish to God there would have been a way for the Jags to come back and win because that's what they deserve. That's what the Browns deserved at that point. Right. And mostly I was mad because I needed two point, two and a half points for my over. So three would have pushed <laughs> me over. But the fact that they didn't kick it there, the Jags go down and score a touchdown anyway, so it didn't matter. But it's just a, it's a, a, a questionable football decision. Yeah. I, it's, I, a, it's something Anthony Lynn would do, yeah. and it makes me it makes me wonder what the hell the Browns are doing. Anthony Lynn would have punted it to try to get Probably. a pin. Uh, Saints Broncos were taking talk- a safety. Yeah, to run back seventy eight <laughs> yards and taking a safety. Uh, Saints Broncos we talked about in the in the first hour. I, I just think it's criminal that the NFL did that to the Broncos, and I mean the Saints were going to win anyway, but to to force them out there with no quarterback and not move the game back a couple days. Like for some reason they keep moving Raven Steelers back. But you're not going to move that, so uh, odd. I, I just think it's it's very disingenuous to the NFL, and I think that uh, I don't ever want to hear from them about integrity of the game issues ever again because that that was bleeped up. All right, well, let's take a quick break. We got three games left to get to. I'm going to tell you guys about Allstate Windows and Siding, and that's what my my house is done. Done looks awesome. Uh, we, my wife's, of course, this weekend was uh, not the greatest weather. But once the rain cleared up, she's like, open these windows up. She's letting in all the light. She's, she's loving that. Uh, l- loving the, the, the ease. I mean, they, they, and they just look amazing. You look at, you look at your window and you, you can barely tell there's glass there. It's, it's really awesome. Uh, and the great part, saving 40% on my electric bills. How about that, boys and girls? Saving money. Uh, and you can do the same thing. Guys, they, they've got 25% off all window packages right now. You want to save some bucks? To save some bucks, there's a way to do it. They've got military discounts, first responder discounts. Uh, they've got senior discounts. They've got cash discounts. You want the best rate, call Allstate. Allstate Windows and Siding and get storm-proof. Texas, built in Texas for Texas tough weather. 832-204-1936. That's 832-204-1936 or AllstateSidingAndWindows.com. Yes, ma'am. She a little freak on cam. But she don't put this on the ground. Little boys trying to diss on the ground. Hey, I can't switch on the fan. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz, going through the rest of the NFL, and uh, pick it up with 49ers beating the Rams 23-20. And I, I can't figure out the Rams. I really can't. I think uh, I, I just, and they've got some really good players but they're really inconsistent. They are. I mean, I, well, there's a lot of teams like that. Yeah, I think they're in, in the mix with a bunch and of teams. You know what? I, I don't including know. Including the 49ers, for that matter. 
I don't know what happens if there's not a five-yard penalty on that last kick. Yeah. But they, you take five yards off, make it easier for Robbie Gold. That's probably not great. Uh, but that's that's Ramsey who did it, jumped off sides trying to make a play. And it yeah. you know, might have cost him. Uh, Chiefs Buccaneers we've talked about. But uh, Patrick Mahomes was terrific. Tariq Hill. Congratulations, you know, it, Patrick Creighton, for having Tariq Hill on your fantasy team you what, against me this week. I don't know what, like... The Chiefs' offense, obviously, you know, it's it was explosive again and got them out to a big lead. Why don't the Chiefs run the ball when they get out to these big leads? Well, there's times they do. They just didn't yesterday for some reason. And, yeah, very, I mean, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I don't think, touched the ball for like two times in the second half or something. It's just very confusing to me that you let the Bucks get all the way back in this game because you had like two three-and-outs right in a row just like that. Yeah. And it's like... What are you guys doing? You, you've got the pieces to run the ball. You jump out to a big lead. This isn't, you know, rocket science stuff. It's you jump out to a three-score lead, sit on the football. And the, the Chiefs sometimes just refuse to do that. It's yeah. very odd to and, me. And I, eventually, it'll cost them. Yeah. It, well, it didn't yesterday. It cost me. because It cost Fred. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Uh, and then Packers beat the Bears 41-25. And... A little Mitch Trubisky action last night didn't really make a difference. They, the The Packers were just clearly better. Yeah, the, the Bears' offense is a joke. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, the uh, Seahawks uh, Eagles tonight. Yeah, how do you bird feel about v that? bird crime? It's a low scoring game. I think the uh, I you know me I, I'm not I I don't want to bet any Seahawks unders typically, but I don't think Philly can do the things that beat Seattle on defense. They they. Like there's no explosiveness to their pass game. They can't do it. Um, and see the Seahawks defense getting healthier. They're good at linebacker. They're good at defending tight ends, which is the way Philly tries to beat you now because they can't go down the field because right. Carson Wentz is inept. Uh, so I feel like Seattle's defense matches up well. And then Philly, for all their warts, the one thing they're good at is defending big pass plays. They're, they're like third, fourth in the league in pass uh, pass ex- explosiveness on defense they do a good job of shutting that down i think the clock stays running i think it's a you know a 49 and a half i think it's an under game yeah i just i always feel like at some point carson Wentz has to turn this stuff around i said all along the sea i thought the seahawks defense would get better as the season went on and i think it has we're starting to see that yeah yeah it's getting I, healthy and i kind of feel like the same way about carson Wentz. but at what point do you have to just admit eh, maybe this guy is just regressed to the point where yeah. he's never coming back so, yeah, what they need is their whole quarterback room to get the COVID so Greg Ward can play quarterback. They're going to have some packages for him, apparently. Yeah. Or not for him, for uh, uh, the kid out of Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yeah. yeah. They're going to they're gonna put him out there some. Um, I, I don't think it can hurt. But right. I don't think it's great news that the Seahawks found out that they're going to put him out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And it may be they're just decoying a little Could bit, be. too. But uh, it, it, but the alternative is keeping Carson Wentz out there. Right. So Seattle's probably fine with that, too. <laughs> so um, a lot of people asking, what's a better coaching job, Chargers or Texans? On on the surface, I think the Chargers are, to me, they're closer. It just comes down to, you, you know, how do you feel about the quarterbacks? And do you like... If you believe in Justin Herbert, the Chargers is a better job. Because they've got four more years of Justin Herbert on right. the cheap. Uh, and they certainly have in place today more on defense. Yes. 
Um, no question. Between you know Joey Bosa, uh, Derwin James, Melvin See, Ingram, they've got they've got some pieces that make you go, okay. To me, the right coaching staff, they're a playoff team next year. Yeah, um, but if you it, it really matters if you if you buy into Justin Herbert and if you if you think Justin Herbert is good, not great, and you think Deshaun Watson is great, then you probably like the Texans' job better. Yeah, and I don't know what I think of Justin Herbert yet. I think I mean Justin Herbert is. I, I like him. Yeah, I, I, well, like I do him. too. Well, you liked him a lot coming in, and and you brought up some. Uh, I'll give you credit for once. You brought up some really good points before the draft that he didn't have the talent around him that guys like Tua, no, and uh, and Burrow had, and still put up. Well, really he also nice. didn't have like I know it's Oregon, so you just assume they have a gimmicky offense. They they really didn't. No, it, it, was, no, it was pretty Al- straightforward. Alabama and LSU had gimmicky offenses. They yeah. were putting up cartoon numbers, but Justin Herbert had better physical tools than both those other guys. Uh, I still liked Tua better than him, assuming that Tua was going to be fully healthy, right, right? which none of us really knew at that point. And we still don't know him. Yeah. He's, he's banged up but, now. But there's a lot to like about Justin Herbert, and he's ballsy. Like he's making, the, he's making throws that most rookies don't like to make because there's they're high risk throws. Right. Justin Herbert's just like, I don't, what do I care? We ain't making the playoffs. Let's, let's get this money. And I, I, I kind of like it. I, now, do I do I think that he's going to be better than Deshaun? That's not what I'm saying. No, no. But what I'm saying is for the next five years or next four years now, you can build around Justin Herbert and you can pay who you want to pay. You can bring in big-time free agents. And you're going to have another decent draft pick this year. Yeah. So until, and, and this is what I was saying was so important about the Texans – capitalizing on Deshaun and his rookie contract because now he takes he's going to start taking up such a, a great percentage of right. the salary cap that it's harder to build around him. Justin Herbert is I mean he's a drop in the bucket. You can pay all these guys around him until, you know, I guess 2024. Uh so from that perspective, yeah, I think it's it's a better gig. Now you're also talking about an ownership group that's not the greatest. You're talking Well, and about you're the, also in the division with the Chiefs. You're in the division with the Chiefs, and you. It looks like the Chiefs are going to be good as long as Patrick Mahomes and is alive. Your second dog in your own city, basically. Yeah. And so for all those reasons, I mean, but, but it's also not. It's also not going to be a. I mean, there's a reason nobody bangs on Anthony Lynn. It's not a high pressure job. And while I agree that ownership isn't good with the Chargers, I don't know that it's any good. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Do you think anybody's like you know who's got really good ownership? Right. The Texans. We we don't know. Because all we've seen out of Cal is trading DeAndre Hopkins and him being okay with it. But I do think it's interesting because there's a lot of jobs out there that you can say, well, in, in, in a lot of ways, there's jobs that are better. A lot of ways, there are jobs that aren't as good as the Texans' job. I mean, the Falcons' job is interesting to me. Like, I, I don't know if it's better than the Texans' job or not. I, I mean, you've got a quarterback who's really solid now. You're not going to have him for much longer. No, and, uh, and you don't have that. Uh, I mean, that's another guy who's being paid like an MVP. Yep. So uh, I, I think that's an interesting job because I, I think the teams that can be turned around the fastest are probably the Falcons and the Chargers. I think so, too. I think the Lions have some work to do. And plus, I, I mean, is Matt Stafford really, at some point, do you have to move on from Matt Stafford? Um, so I think that job, I think the Bears job is probably going to be open. I, I, and I think the Bears, if you get the right quarterback, maybe things. But, but boy, how long Bears are have, strapped. How man. long have we said that about yeah, the Bears, if you get the right quarterback? The Bears is a tough gig. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the Lions are, are a mess. The Jets are a mess. The Jags are a mess. Yeah, I wouldn't want the Jets job. Um, 
even even with Trevor Lawrence. I'd be interested in. because of Trevor Lawrence, but that's about it. Yeah, I just I also think that's a situation that if you're going to see Trevor Lawrence fail, it's going to be in that kind of situation. Yeah, and that concerns. But me. But I also think because you've seen now, I, I mean, the Bills and the Dolphins look like they could be pretty solid, you know. But with, with the Patriots kind of falling off. It's almost like there's an open season in that division for the first time right. in 20 years, and, and you could get, you know, you could get better pretty quickly. But the Jets, Jets just don't have much of anything. They don't. They have it's no a, weapons a, on offense. They've got some good defensive players, but I like the they're Jets, on the field too much. I like the Jets GM job more than I like the Jets head coaching job because you've got a blank slate. You've got a first round pick, like the number one overall pick, more than likely. Yeah. Like it, there's a lot you can do. You can probably trade Sam Darnold for something. Like that's an interesting GM job to me. Which I like, I say the Texans to me, the Texans GM job that, that'd be way, way down on my list. The coaching job is higher up because you've got Deshaun Watson, right? I and I think depending on who the GM is, that'll have an impact on the coach. Because if 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 a, a good head coach sees a GM that said that knows that's been in this situation before and knows how to turn things around, might say, okay, you know, I, I can work with this guy, but again, but if, you, we got to trust them to get the right guy, and I, I don't because they're the Texans, yep. So, but if I'm Eric Bieniemy, that that's the question. And from what I understand, that's who Watson wants. He likes Watson a lot. If that, I think if the Texans want that to happen, then that'll be the guy they get. But we'll see. And you know, I if, I, I think some jobs that maybe he didn't expect to be available might be available. Yep, like the Chargers being a good example. All right, quick break. It is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5-92.5. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. And it's 5.30 on Monday, which means it's time for the legend. You can hear him on the bench. Follow him on Twitter at Lance Zerline. COVID Lance Zerline. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? We're doing all right, man. Uh, you know, we haven't really gotten to talk to you since the, the Texans played. And, it, you know, we were kind of discussing that there, we're seeing some positive things here. But how much how much do you attribute to, okay, well, they're better without Bill O'Brien versus, well, they're better when they're playing the Lions and the Jags than, than the teams they were playing early in the season? Well, they're better when they're juiced up to the gills. <laughs> Well, That's when they're the best. Apparently, that. Wait, we'll get to that next. But okay. yeah, no, strength I, of schedule I do playing think it's in a combination. I, I think it's a combination. Number one, it's easy. John and I were going at it a little bit about Tim Kelly and you know his importance to Sean Watson and this team. And is it necessary that you know a new head coach is going to need to keep him? And I'm of the opinion that you know one of the reasons that Deshaun Deshaun is playing good football, but 
it does help in your plan, Jacksonville. It does help in your plan, uh, Detroit team that has been just free falling. So I think that's part of it, but there's just no doubt they're four and three since Bill O'Brien got fired, and they just look like they are. It just looks like they're happier to be playing football since he's gone. So I don't think you can, you can't totally discount that. I think it is a combination of the two things, and I think the most important thing is Deshaun Watson is starting to potentially learn how to uh, craft the game plan as opposed to just relying on a safety blanket, DeAndre Hopkins. And that was one of the things that I hoped would happen was would be that with DeAndre gone, um, he would have to learn how to read defenses better and, and maybe uh, become a more complete quarterback. And he is showing some signs of that. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Four four and three, I guess, without uh, O'Brien. And two of those were actually – one was the Titans and the Browns, those games they were in. They only got blown out once, and that was the Packers, who were clearly better than them after getting right. pretty much blown out by everybody else. And that was one of the things we were trying to decide, how much of it is, you know, boy, was Bill O'Brien really holding this guy back or how much of it is they're just playing donkeys now. Well, does, he, does the Will Fuller news, I mean, obviously it doesn't really change much for this season, but in your opinion, does it change the way the Texans look at negotiating with Will Fuller this offseason? Does it make it more or less likely that Will Fuller is going to be a Texan next year? Oh, I think it makes it more likely. I think uh, his agent, you know, that's something every team is going to use against them, and it's something you have to be concerned about. And and uh, when you look at the Texans, so they have Randall Cobb under contract. They're going to need to keep him next year. Their Stills is obviously gone. You're, you know, Brandon Cooks is, is still a good receiver. But you don't have a receiver, really, Kiki QT. I mean, you don't really have receivers after that. And so I think keeping Will Fuller is, advantageous if you don't have to pay a ridiculous price. So what the Texans could do, and we talked about this as a transition tag, which would be a little over $15 million, but I think more importantly, you could just tell Will Fuller, look, we'll offer you uh, three years at $12 million apiece, and uh, you can take it or not take it. It's, it's your choice, but I for sure use this as leverage against them. Now, if it's Easterby doing the deal, he, he hasn't proven to me that he can use leverage in any deal ever. <clears throat> so they are going to need to, to get a, you know, a GM established or a new cap guy in there who can wield a little bit more of a hammer in, in negotiations. But I think you definitely use this against him. And uh, I, I, think, I think all teams will, which could hurt his value somewhat. I still think it's more of a 50-50 proposition that he stays. But, um, you know, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but he his the guy that he trains with is the father of Equinemius St. Brown and uh, uh, what is it, Ramon St. Brown, I guess, and he's a bodybuilder. So, you know, Will has put on some mass over the last couple of years, but as soon as it came out that he had the pads, and I know he, he trains in the offseason with the bodybuilder, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't say this is completely out of, out of the blue. Do you, do you think if the Texans had known this was coming that Kenny Stills wouldn't have been released when he was? Well, it makes me wonder if there was something going on. I'm going to start digging around because it makes me wonder if there was something going on with Kenny Stills behind the scenes where they they wanted him out of the building. I mean, for him to – I don't think this was a, hey, let's let Kenny have a chance to get to the playoffs. You're, you're not going to do that. So, to me, there was something going on here where they probably weren't real happy with Kenny Stills. Or maybe they had something in his contract about money that's maybe not guaranteed. I, I don't know, but 
there was something else going on here. So my guess is they just didn't want him in there. Of course, they knew that this was going on. I mean, clearly this, this didn't come out of the blue. Teams are, are giving advance notice. So I don't think they really cared, to be honest with you. The Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it'd be nice to have him now. But the Kenny Stills thing, does it does it make you wonder why they didn't trade him at the deadline if they were just going to cut him? Like, could you could you have not gotten a seventh rounder or something in return for Kenny Stills? That's that's what I don't. That's what I don't understand. I mean, I'd take anything. I'd take a seventh. I'd take a, a seventh would a hundred percent would be fine with me. And then you can have something like if you make the playoffs, it elevates to a six. Um, it, but Kenny is a one year guy, so I think the most you'd get for Kenny Stills was going to be a seventh. But um, yeah, they didn't even get that. I mean, they didn't even look into moving him. So I, I'm a little surprised by that. But listen, they have not done – they really haven't done a good job for two years now from a personnel standpoint. So I think right now they're just literally waiting for somebody to come in who can actually run that team. Yeah, and that's – I mean, we were talking about better coaching jobs that are going to be available, but as a GM – this is probably not near the top of your list because of the lack of assets, right? Yeah. So I talk, I've, I've talked to a couple a couple people who are going to be interviewing at other GM jobs. We'll see if they interview in Houston. And when they stack them, they stack Houston as a GM job. You know, well, here's the names. They said their thought was Jaguars, Lions, Falcons, Houston. Well, the Jaguars and the Lions both came open, and that the discussion I had was like three weeks ago. So they were right about the other two that came open, and they thought that Houston would rank probably third or fourth out of those two. And they love Deshaun Watson, but when you look at the when you look at the <clears throat> the roster, at the core players you have, you look at the financials, and then you look at the draft capital. Uh, it's clearly a, a, a job that's going to need two to three years to really. You can't do any. You can't do much in one year, is what I was told. And it, you have to get your draft capital back. And then, you know, they're they're not in love with the deals that were signed. I mean, Deshaun Watson only signed for three years at top dollars. Laramie Tunsil only signed at three years at top dollars. That's considered pathetic by NFL standards. Like, you pay that money. The give and take is that's the give. The take is, hey, we get you for five years and four at the at the lowest amount possible is four, but we prefer five years if we're going to give you this money. And the Texans didn't do that. And so now they're going to have to go back to the negotiating table um, with, with both of those guys within, you know, four years. And, and if you end up doing that, it's going to crush you from a cap standpoint again. So, yeah, it's, it, that's not considered a favorable situation by NFL GMs. Then you throw in no first and second rounder. Um, this year, you're going to find better jobs elsewhere, and that's that's the problem right now that, that Houston faces. Well, we were just talking about it, the Texans as a GM job doesn't seem great. Texans as a head coaching job seems more desirable. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I think so. Now, as a GM job, you got to remember the, there's different things you look at, like how much the, the big concern is going to be Easterby and how much sway he has with the owner. Um, and I think that's going to be your biggest concern. I mean, let's face it. Two GMs have been – they're on they're – on, going to be on their fourth GM in the last, what, four years? So that's a, uh, that's a big concern. That's, that's going to be a big concern. 
we were talking about the the Chargers. Uh, if, if you know the Chargers head coaching job should come open because Anthony Lynn is a terrible head coach, but if it does come open, what's a more desirable spot for in your mind, the Chargers job or the or the the Texans job? Given that you know the, you're talking about a, a, a quarterback in year one of his rookie deal versus Deshaun, like it, it really comes down to do you believe in Justin Herbert? Like which job do you think is more appealing to a to a, a let's say a first time head coach, the Chargers or the Texans? Oh no, it's it's definitely Chargers. I mean, and that really is not a knock on Deshaun Watson or even the salary he's going to have. But as you mentioned, Justin Herbert looks ahead of the game so far. He's cheap, but you also have a good player in Austin Eckler. Uh, you're going to have your draft pick. You're going to have uh, a, you're going to have Nick Bo- or Joey Bosa as a pass rusher. Um, you've added at your linebacking core. You added. Uh, Kenneth Murray, linebacker, who was a first-rounder last year. You're going to get back the safety um, from Florida State. Um, God dog it. The first-round Florida State safety. Uh, oh, Derwin James. Derwin James. Derwin James. Yeah, Derwin, Der- yeah, Derwin James. You're going to get him back after the – I mean, they're in, a, they're in a more favorable position. Now, not a lot, not a lot more favorable, but they have draft picks. Yeah, I, and – we talked about this a little bit last week. I mean, if if you're the Texans, and there, there's a lot of ways to clear some cap space where you can make a run at at least one decent free agent, and and maybe two, but that's about the best you're going to be able to do in free agency. And and yeah, I I think they need a, a full reboot at running back, and they need another quarterback. Yeah. It's just it's it's going to be hard to fill all. You, know, you can't fill all your holes, but it's going to be hard to fill all that with just free agents. No, and that's a concern is that you can't just make a ton of cap casualties and just cut guys left and right. You still have to fill out a roster and you don't have, you're not going to really have a ton of money and a ton of picks to do that. So you're going to have to be judicious with how you cut guys over the next two years. You're going to have to kind of split it up a little bit. Well, basically if you cut David Johnson, you're saving 6.9 right there, 7 million from Bernard McKinney. Uh, so there's, there's a, a good chunk right there. Duke Johnson, 5 million. You clean all those yeah, guys. Yeah, if you trade JJ uh, Watt, that's going to free up a little bit more money. Seventeen five, bring yeah. a, a pick or two also. So, which I think needs to happen in the off season before the draft. I think you have to try to get JJ's agent negotiating with another team that he'll sign an extension with them and uh, with the other team, and in that way it'll be easier for the Texans uh, to make a trade and and maybe get better value for a deal uh, for JJ. So. That to me needs to happen in the off season because it's just he has value for other teams. He doesn't have as much value right now for the Texans. All right, that's Lance Zerline. You can hear him on the bench every morning. You can also uh, see him on NFL.com. Getting ready for all that draft stuff. And people, people have been asking. Yeah. It's it's got to be your most challenging year to get ready for the draft. It's not even close. I mean, I just got done watching Jamar Chase. Uh, Panay Sewell. I mean, these are guys of high draft grades. That uh, Panay Sewell played one year of college football, and he was 19 years old. And now I've got to take his 19-year-old tape where he has some holes in it and project what he's going to be when he's 22 years old. I mean, that's unbelievably, uh, unbelievably hard. And uh, it, it is going to be challenging for me. More importantly, it's going to be challenging for NFL teams who have to invest real money and real draft picks uh, into these guys. So. My evaluation is going to be tough, but their evaluation comes with financial concerns and, and potential job issues. So it's, uh, yeah, no one is looking forward to this. 
And then with all these cancellations that are going on because of COVID, I mean, forget all the opt-outs. You have teams that will be getting in three or four games maybe. I mean, yeah. it is just really, really tough. All right, Lance, thanks. Great stuff as always. Talk to you again next all week, right. buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. We'll be right back. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. I've been me since Scarlet Road. Hey, bro, hey. Might go down as G-O-D. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. Time for the Zadok Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of the Day. It's the Gym of the Day. Aaron, this one involves you because you like to hunt deer. I like to try. Yeah. Well, how would you feel if the deer fought back and came after you and got your gun and its antlers and ran off with it? I mean, that probably wouldn't be ideal, would it? No, not really. I mean, luckily, I always hunt in pairs, so... If it started coming after me, I'm hoping my brother or whoever's with me would shoot it multiple times. Well, I'd hit it with a ninja sword. Or, or throwing nunchuck. star. Nunchucks yeah, or yeah, throwing, throwing star. Yeah. That's what Fred would do. Yeah, I'd, I'd hit him between the eyes with a throwing star. Well, a hunter in the Czech Republic was charged by a deer. The deer snagged the gun on his antlers and fled into the woods with the weapon. Damn. Uh, the... Uh, Police in the region said a hunter contacted them to recount the story of how he lost his gun while hunting near the village of Horny Plana. Man said uh, one of the hunting dogs in his group startled a stag in a wooded area, causing the panicked deer to run directly toward him. The deer's antlers ripped the man's sleeve and ended up snagged on his twenty-two Hornet rifle, which had been slung over his left hand at the time. The animal ran off into the woods. Does this sound like a bunch of BS to you? Well, it's a Czech Republic. Uh, but apparently investigators said the hunter was required to report the loss of the rifle under the Czech Republic's firearms and ammunitions act. I'm guessing maybe he did something stupid and lost the rifle. That's what I'm saying. And use that as an excuse. Or he knows that it, it, like there's going to be a a crime committed with it. So like, you know, six months from now, his wife's going to end up murdered and he's going to say, no, that deer, that That gun was stolen by a a caribou. No, he's, he's blaming it on the deer. Yeah. The deer did it. Remember that deer that stole a gun? He was so smart. It must have been some vagrant who found that gun on the antlers of a deer. I mean, I know plenty of people who've, you know, been out fishing and had their most expensive guns on the boat. Alligator came and rocked the boat and they lost it in the bottom of the mm. lake. Sorry, mm. ATF. Mm. That's an interesting approach. So that is your Zadok Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of the Day. It's the gym of the day, the Zadok Jeweler gym of the day. Yeah, and a lot of people also saying hunting with a twenty-two. Yeah, that. Mm. I mean, maybe he wasn't hunting deer because he had the dog with him. Yeah, 
Might have been going for much smaller game. And when you say stag, that's like like a big yeah. It ain't, it's like almost like an elk, right? That twenty two is going to tickle him. Yeah, that's about it. Like I said, this story's not adding up, buddy. No. Well, I don't know that he was hunting deer. We just know that he was hunting. But the deer stole his rifle, and the dog ate my homework. Um, let's get David on because I wanted to get to this at some point before we get too far into the show, and we're pretty far into the show. Hey guys, sports, sports to you. Sports Sorry. to you. <clears throat> you got the Roni? Um, you know, I was uh, listening to like uh, some of the inside uh, Texas stuff, like from Chip Brown and Taylor Estes, and one name that came up for a coach was uh, Chris uh, CDC had an option to pick a guy. He would have picked Dan Mullen, which I find kind of interesting. I want to get your thoughts on that. And I honestly want to get your thoughts on the fact that uh, they brought up the fact that, like, it's really coming down to the Board of Regents and whether they can approve basically a 10-year, $100 million package in a pandemic. Um, I really want to know if you think, hey, Herman's gone no matter what, and, you know, what you think of what that guy said and if really Urban's coming to Texas. Thanks. I Here's what I think. I think the only way that Tom Herman gets bought out is if Urban Meyer is ready to come. If there's no, like, if there's going to be a coaching search or something like that, they're not going to fire Tom Herman in a pandemic. And here's the, here's the other part of that. I, listen, I don't think Tom Herman's the long-term answer either. But if you could, and the people who post this on Twitter drive me the craziest. Well, Charlie Strong did this and he was fired. Wonder why. Must be nice, uh, you know, basically ba- basically saying Tom Herman's got the job because he's white. Charlie Strong got fired because he had three consecutive losing seasons. Yeah, you can't do at that. Texas. He, he, is, is Tom Herman, is he, is he drug it out of the gutter all the way? No. But, it, I mean, he hasn't had a losing season. So there's that. Um, he's won. He'll have won you know, seven, eight more games, three, you know, in his three-year span than Charlie Strong did. It's a big difference. So while Tom Herman's a disappointment, and I don't think Tom Herman's that good of a coach, and I don't think Tom Herman's winning Texas a national championship anytime soon, it's not like a total unequivocal disaster like Charlie Strong was. It's not the kind of thing that you throw hundreds of millions of dollars at to get out of early. It doesn't make sense uh, unless Urban Meyer is there ready to go. Because yeah. the other alternative would be giving someone, again, for the, the third consecutive time, really the fourth consecutive time, you go back to Mac Brown, giving someone who was doing well at a level below you <laughs> and seeing if it's going to translate. Now, for Mac Brown, it obviously translated. Right. It, it worked. Uh, Charlie Strong, it clearly didn't work. Tom Herman, it clearly hasn't worked. So, like, are, are you going to go out and get Matt Campbell from Iowa State? You don't know if that's if Matt Campbell's game flies at Texas. It's nice that it works at at Iowa State. It's it's a different. It's it's there's levels to it, and the expectations at Iowa State are never going to be what they are at Texas. The pressure is never going to be what it is at Texas. So I don't know. I I think the only way they pay out Tom Herman to get out of there early is if they can get Urban Meyer guaranteed. If not, I don't think they will, and I don't think that they should. Well, there's there's other things to consider. First off, Dan Mullen. There's no chance in hell he's leaving Florida for Texas. Florida, I think he Florida's- was. I think he was saying that he wanted Dan Mullen. Yeah. Before, 
which is is possible. I, I think it's real easy to say that right now. Yeah, yeah. But Florida is another one of those jobs. Florida, we always talk about like the best jobs in college football. And I don't know if Florida is one of the five best jobs, but Florida, if you like, if you wiped everything clean, every coach is gone, every player is gone, and you've got to start from scratch. Florida and Texas are in the same boat of schools that have everything in place that it should be a top five job. Texas hasn't been a top five football job in a while. Uh, Florida had been in quite some time. It looks like they're starting to get back to it, but. Everything is in place for Florida to have success. Same as Texas, it just takes the right coach. It looks like Florida's found that right coach. Yeah, and I, I mean, from what I understand, Herman was the target all along. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know from. that I'm buying into that. Yeah, and think, he's saying uh, like what Chris Del Conte wanted. Maybe he did, and but that's easy to say now that Tom Herman hasn't worked out when every booster wanted Tom Herman. You know, who else who wanted Tom Herman? LSU. Everybody wanted Tom yeah. Herman. And so, so sometimes that's the way it works out. You know. And that's the thing we've, and I talked about this when he got hired. It's like the, the one thing about Texas is not an easy job and it's much different. It's a big step up. I think he's a very good football coach. I just don't know that he's going to ever be very good at Texas. Here's the other problem. $15 million buyout when you're having to lay off professors and yeah. people all over campus. I, I just think the optics of it are... And the the football program hasn't, hasn't made as much money as it normally does. Well, no, of course of, not. Yeah. So it's... it's my guess is Tom Herman is the coach of the Texas Longhorns next year, no matter what you guys think about it. And it's, it, it's not sexy. It's not. It doesn't feel like you're going in the right direction. But he's done a lot better in these four years, or, or this being year four, than than Charlie Strong did in his three. To the point where if if you go like you can't be a program that goes firing your coach every three or four yeah. years either. You don't want to be the Oakland Raiders of college football. That doesn't work either. And. That that's a problem. He's going to wind up getting another year. Even I think even if Urban Meyer wanted the job, it's going to be hard for them to to eat that kind of money right now. Not knowing what twenty twenty one is going to look like, we still don't know. I mean, we can be hopeful, but you know we don't know how these vaccines are going to go. We don't know who's going to get them. Whether or not you're going to be able to play a season like this year, who knows? I mean, the Board of Regents is kind of with the Urban Meyer thing, still reeling from the Nick Saban is in in Austin. He's house shopping. We're He's going to be the next guy. Mac Brown's going to step down. And Mac Brown went, the hell I am. Yeah. You owe me money. That's not going to happen. All Boy, right. In retrospect, don't you think they wish they would have said, oh, maybe eight and five with Mac Brown wasn't wasn't worth kicking his ass out of town for. Yeah, but it kind of felt like he'd run his course there. I agree. Like he'd gotten the most he could out of that thing. But yeah. man, like when don't you miss the days when eight and five was like rock bottom. Well, what, that was Mac Brown's rock bottom, eight and five. Yeah, well, I mean that that was. I mean, they won nine, ten, eleven games. How many years in a row under him? They won double digit games. I want to say eight or nine years in a row. Yeah, you get spoiled by that. <laughs> but yeah, I just it it kind of looked like, you know, the program had topped out under Mac. Maybe not. Maybe not. All right, quick break. It's a blitz on ESPN ninety seven five ninety two five. Hey, this is Trey Wingo. You're listening to ESPN 97.5 Houston. Hello. 